This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Martine and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of the show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First, we talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help, and then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who's an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. My name is Bink and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, Preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We're self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sex, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics achieve sobriety. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model, and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism, and the alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it's an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having the first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who's joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview a member of AA who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. So let's meet our guest. I wonder if you'd like to introduce yourselves, maybe maybe starting by your age and how long you've been sober. Um, yeah, hi, my name's Bink and I'm an alcoholic. I'm 31 years old and I've been sober for seven and a half years. 
Cool. And what do you do for an occupation? Um, I own a cafe. Cool. And what about your family? Are you married? Do you have kids? Um, I have one son who's five and um, never seen me drink. And um, I'm single. Okay. And where are you from? And, and, and what was your childhood like growing up? Um, I was brought up in Invercargill and um, a good childhood. Mm-hmm. Just just fine. My, my parents were split up, um, but I had a loving mother and... Uh, my father was uh, lived in in Wanaka, and we'd go up and see him every school holidays. And um, yeah, it was just a good sort of split, but all rounded childhood. Yeah, nice. So, when did you start drinking? I started drinking. I had my first. I discovered alcohol when I was about fifteen, mm-hmm. and I remember it vividly. It was a party at my cousin's place, and um, we had. There was alcohol there, and it was a big thing leading up to it. But I remember getting drunk for my first time, yeah, and just thinking, "This is what's missing. <laughs> <laughs> this is it." Yeah. So yeah, that was the um, that was the first time, and then I would sort of experiment with alcohol after to get that feeling back. Mm-hmm. And um, I started drinking alone, right, straight away. Um you know, 16, 17, and, but it wasn't an, I wasn't an everyday drinker straight away, but, um, yeah, I remember my father walked in one day, I was about 16, and looked at me, I was sitting on the couch with a bottle of alcohol and down on the side, and my father said, who is, my father's a heavy drinker, right, and, and, and he said to me, um, (laughs) Bink, you, you shouldn't drink alone, yeah, you know, it was it was abnormal from the get go. Yeah, and how did it progress? So I moved to um, Wellington, and um, I had a girlfriend who who lived in Dunedin, and we sort of did a long distance thing. And I was really career focused. I was eighteen. I was really career focused in the coffee industry up there, and um, I was at a cafe I was working at, and one of the franchise owners came in and gave me a bottle of beer. And um, I remember looking at it because I had, had sort of eased off the drinking and was fo- yeah career focused. And yeah. I remember looking at it thinking, I'll put that in the cupboard and when my girlfriend arrives, I'll drink it when she moves to Wellington. Um, so alcohol was special to me, you know. Yeah. I, it wasn't just a casual thing. And I drank it about two days later and it was from that drink on that I drank every day right, until the day I came into AA. Um, and it, it started with that bottle, you know, it was, yeah. and it was, this isn't the definition of an alcoholic. There's, there's binge drinkers, there's people who drink once a month, there's people who drink every day. I drank every day. And it, yeah, it was from that drink on, I, I, yeah. And um, it started out great. It started out fun, you know, uh, Immediately, my friendship group, because I was quite an introvert, my friendship group um, expanded, and um, I was partying and, and having a great time and and everything, and yeah, it, it was awesome. Like, so yeah. many good good times in that first sort of two years of discovering alcohol. Yeah. My drinking progressed quick, though, and um, it progressed with... 
life just becoming more and more unmanageable. My girlfriend had arrived from Dunedin. Mm -hmm. The wheels were starting to fall off quickly. I'd been invited into a cafe partnership really young, and so I had that sort of grandiose lifestyle and thinking, and um, it, it just life just became more unmanageable, and the drinking became heavier, and it would be friends, you know, would would go watch the rugby at a bar, and then our friends would be like, right. We've got work tomorrow. We're we're all off home, and and I'd just be like, "What? Yeah, you, look, what? Why would we go home? Like, let's get, let's get wasted." Yeah, and you know they'll be like, "No, I'm, we're we're going home," and so I'd sort of reluctantly go home, and then pretend I I'm going to take a slash in the bush and and carry on, right? You know, and then and it was um at this stage it wasn't fun. It was lonely. Yeah. You know, it was sort of I'm the only one, and those nights when my friends would say, "Yeah, let's carry on," it was just the happiest day of my life. It was like I'd won a lotto or something. Yeah. When everyone had sort of jumped on board with with my drinking style, and yeah, and yeah, and then um, and then it progressed to that stage where the next stage, and this was sort of the final couple of years, where every morning I'd wake up, and it was um. That sort of, I've had two, three hours sleep every day. Yeah. Um, my my bo- my body's numb and tingly, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to work because I went to work every day, yeah. so I thought it's okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to work and and I'm just I'm going to come home tonight. I'm going to finish work. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to sleep. And I'm going to rest. And that was my honest intention yep. every morning. Yeah. But come four o'clock, finish work, and five o'clock, I'm in the shower with a beer. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I'm ready to rock. And and then 10, 10 p.m., one more, and then I'm going home. 11, one more, I'm going yep. home. And it's 3 a.m., you know. And I just remember, like, in this sort of phase, it was... It, it was just insane. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking this was the f- this is one of the final memories, well, later memories. Is I remember thinking sitting in Wellington, sitting outside drinking and smoking. It was a rainy Saturday night, and I looked up at an apartment, and there was a couple watching a movie and just having a night in. And I just remember looking up thinking... I can't do that. Like, I have to be out here drinking. And that was one of the first moments I thought, something's not right. Yeah. So so that kind of leads nicely into the, you know, into the next question, which is when did you realise that you needed help? So obviously you were starting to think this isn't good. Mm. Life got progressively worse really fast. Yeah. And and I started treating people really badly. um, And... And the cat was out of the bag. My alcoholism wasn't only affecting me, it was affecting everyone around me. Yeah. So what do I do? I leave everyone around me. And I went overseas and and um, continued on my rampages drinking. And it was at this stage that a family member come into AA. Yeah. And he phoned me and said, you have a problem and you need to get some help. This is the answer. Right. 
And I was 24. You know, my drinking was short and sharp. I, I would have carried on. I, I think maybe why a lot of young people, well, young people do are in the fellowship, but why there's not a heck of a lot is young people's drinking can be written off as just a phase. Yeah. Um, when it's, mine was alcoholic. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, but he phoned me and that's where I first thought about, hmm, yeah, it's lining up. My life is chaotic. Yeah. So can you tell us about that first AA meeting that you went to? What was it like? At first, when I was preparing to go to the meeting, I wasn't thinking much of it. I was, it was sort of an air raid shelter. I'd come home from overseas to my mother's place after, uh, you know, a, a, just a chaotic experience and of rock bottom. And and I just remember getting to my mother's and feeling, I'm safe now, you know, like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm safe. And I, going to the AA meeting was just a, a shelter to keep people off my back. And I sat in the meeting and I just remember thinking holy shit this is uh, this is my answer like whoa uh, to describe it the relief because my life is so painful yeah it's it, the analogy i could use is if someone had cancer and they were to sit with the doctor and the doctor said hey finished we've got the treatment for your cancer yeah. you're going to be fine it, it was that that was the feeling and the first year to two years of my sobriety were the happiest years of my life. <laughs> Honest. Yeah. And I, you come in with, I come yeah. in similar time to you. And yeah. I, I know you share the same sort of ideas. Yeah. Indeed. So how, how would you describe how you've managed to stay sober? My life has, life gets good. My life got good. I have, I got everything that when I was drinking I'd say I'm going to do and get. I, I got that, and yeah. my life got good and better than I could have ever imagined. And I, people people sort of, this isn't wrong either because bad things have happened, but yeah. we could drink when things are bad, but you can also drink to celebrate. Yeah. And I have stayed sober through keeping AA meetings right up the crux of my life. As yeah. life has gotten good, I could have left AA, and I could have, carried on with my life and, and I do see that you know yeah. hey life's good now I don't need to go to AA but no matter what I've never dropped below four meetings yeah I've kept a really good routine I've got an awesome sponsor who knows me better than anyone you yeah. know like I don't want to get another sponsor because I, I don't I don't want to tell someone all of <laughs> <Yeah>. this stuff again <laughs> yeah. but he knows me as much as me yeah um I, I and I I'm just AA's up the crux of my life. People say to me, Shh, "That's committed. That must take up so much time." It's a pleasure. Yeah. I, I drink every night for eight eight hours a night. Mm. When that goes, I have a lot of time. Yeah, and it's enjoyable. Like it's, I love going to AA meetings. Like it's not a chore yeah. at all. It's, I, I, yeah. If you see it like an insurance, it's a pretty small investment, isn't it? That's what I think. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, how do you cope when you've got when difficult things come into your life? Because I never drop below my my like my program is is, is everything to me. It's, it's my backbone. Yeah. It's it's just like if something goes wrong in my body because my body is generally healthy. It will recover naturally. And yeah. um, when my son's mother uh, ended our relationship, um, 
my first thought was, you know, that was an awkward feeling. My first thought was a drink would take away this awkward feeling. Yeah. My second thought was, you know, God's will will be done today. Yeah. And, and and things weren't good in that relationship for us, for her and for me. And and I remember, you know, and and I just remember thinking, I need to be of service to her, you know, and that's the program yeah. working in my life. And 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 my problems, like that that say problem, it had a start, it had a middle, and it had an end. Because I wrap again the program around it. When I'm drinking, when a girlfriend left me, God, the problem starts and it would just go. Yeah. One of them won't talk to me. It's still going, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And today we have a fine, healthy relationship. We have our problems and things. But, you know, if I was drinking, that wouldn't that wouldn't be. Yeah. So how do I cope? I, because I have a generally healthy life, problems I can deal with them as a normal person deals yeah. with their problem. It starts, we 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 work through it, and, and it eventually ends. Yeah. Nice. And how do you feel within yourself today? Just fine, you know, just fine. Um, I I just have no problem with myself anymore. I'm not perfect at all, but I just have no problem. There's no sort of, I've done this or I've done that, and you know, or if I do do something wrong, um, with the tools of the program, I I, I and because I've developed empathy and and self awareness. I have the privilege to correct it so I don't have to go to sleep or end a week with sort of baggage. Yeah. And there's a saying that AA taught me, you know, you, you want self-esteemed or esteemable things. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. You it's know. so true, isn't it? And what about your relationships with your family and your friends and, and your loved ones? Again, it's just it's just fine. I'm a member of my family, you know, and I did some bad things to my family. Yeah. Um especially in the final years of my drinking. But I'm just a member of my family, you know. I'm nothing more, I'm nothing less. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm just, I show up to Christmas or I show up to whatever, just as a member of a family. I'm a grandson, I'm a son, I'm, I'm a father, I'm an uncle. You know, it's just, it is what it is. And and I'll, I'll move to like my final year's drinking. It, like it was... Turning up to a Christmas was just a mess. Got no presents for anyone. Yeah. Do people know what I've been doing? The lying, the cheating. You know. Yeah. It's like just and just to turn up again as just just a member of a family who's just good is awesome. And you know, I'll just a great example is my uncle died last year, and there was he would host Christmas. And, you know, the thought come to me, it's my turn, you yeah. know. I need to be of service to my grandmother who's lost her son and my mother who's lost her brother, you know. It's not all about me, Yeah. you know. And that that's just a privilege. Like words, I didn't come to AA to get that. Yeah. <laughs> I just come here to stop drinking. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm just a full functioning member of my family. Now, before you said that um, you mentioned that your son had never seen you drinking, what how what sort of father do you think he would be like if you were still drinking? Oh, it'd be horrible. 
you know, you asked that question before and it brought me to tears and we're redoing this question to say it because that's how much it means to me. Um, it has everything. And, and if I was drinking, you know, I, I just wouldn't have that. Like being a parent is the greatest privilege and honour, you know, and our relationship is so close. And every day, like every single day, I thank God I'm sober for this relationship that I have with him and being able to be a, a father. Um, and, yeah, I, I when when I was drinking, I just thought this stuff isn't on the cards for me, mm. you know, be, because I knew I wasn't capable, you know. So, yeah. And there's just moments that I sort of appear in, only a parent can understand it happens with, with your child or or maybe not only a parent, you know, just a, a healthy person when you experience love for your family on that level yeah. um, understands. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I can't even put words to describe it. And I, I, when I think about what kind of a parent, what way it could have gone if I was drinking, yeah, you know, I just, I shudder. I shudder to think, and he, he is the greatest gift of my sobriety. Yeah. And what about your future? What what goals have you got moving forward? Well, when I come into AA um, and got sober, it was really grandiose. Like, I can I can be the biggest and the best at everything. Um, and as my sobriety has progressed and I've sort of moved forward... Um, well, not moved forward, but moved into a new phase of my sobriety. Um, it, it's just a simple life, you know. It's just a simple life. Like for me now, it's not about being the best and the, um, yeah, the biggest and the best at everything. It's it's just I just want a normal, um, balanced, sober life. Yeah. Like I I own I have a small business, um. I have a home, I have a, you know, colleagues that are my friends. I, it's just a normal life. Nothing nothing too big, nothing too small, just a sort of a normal life. Um, and again, to just want that and have that, to have that peace yeah. um, that that brings is just something, again, another gift of sobriety and something that I cherish, you know. When I was drinking, everything was so big. Everything was so big, like I was going to live on in New York City in a penthouse apartment. Right. You yeah. know, it was, everything's <laughs> yeah. grandiose and big. Yeah. If anyone has said to me that I would live in Christchurch and I'd be a father and have a small business and just, just live a, a normal, a, a, literally a vanilla normal life, I'd yeah. be like, no way, no way, you know, but that's what I crave now. Yeah. And I guess part of that is having the chaos of my drinking, you know, I, I just bathe in the serenity um, that that my simple life gives me. Yeah, what a lovely answer. AA is often described as a spiritual program. What does spirituality mean to you? That's a good question. Spirituality and religion can be confused. Mm. And when people come into AA, um, okay, well, I guess people could confuse religion, seeing God on the wall and everything, but yeah. yeah. It's a spiritual program. I'm not religious. God is God. God is whatever. Whatever God is to you, that is God. Yeah. You know, and AA is very strong on that. You know, it's your own conception of God. And what my God is, is 
none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> and what your God is, is none of my business. Yeah. You know. Um, so spirituality, yeah, what is it? Who am I to define it? Huh? It's peace, I guess. Yeah. And openness, yeah. How would What would you describe a life lived on a spiritual basis? What would that look like for you? For me, it's just a deeper life. It's a deeper way of living. You know, I live my life on a deeper um, a deeper level. You know, I've got a, an optimistic view it will take on life now. And I guess having a rock bottom as a benchmark, you know, anything is better than that. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just a deeper way of life. Like, life is, for me, is quite romantic. It really is. Like, it's a really, it's quite a beautiful thing uh, now. It, it really is. And, again, it's hard to find words to describe um, the peace. There's Things happen. I have uh, arguments with my son's mother and my mother and, you know, things happen. Yeah. So it's not always like that. But uh, nine times out of ten, probably, prob- yeah, probably more, my head lies down on the pillow with gratitude. Yeah. What advice would you give to listeners who are out there and they think they might have a drinking problem? What would you say to them? Just stop Just stop struggling along with it and, and just go to a meeting. It might not be for you. And there are other options out there. Yeah. But I have met someone um, who's just, who's strugg- struggling with drink. And I'm using this person as an example. They are struggling with drink. And they just won't go to an AA meeting. And I have no idea why. I feel like it's it's bigger in people's heads. We have no, no judgment yeah. or, or expectation. So, and lastly, if you had, if there was one question that you could ask somebody that would help them determine whether they need help or not, what would that question be? Is your life unmanageable? Right. Yeah, that that would be it. For me, it was the um, unmanageability coupled with the drinking. That that the unmanageability was the big one. Yeah. Well, um, Bank, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us today. All good. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or you can call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear more from AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30 on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thanks for listening and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. If you want to stop, we can help and you don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.